0: Let's prepare our hearts for the message with this song. This song talks about our hearts being an open space, a fertile ground for his word. So I pray that when you sing this song, it penetrates deep into your heart and prepares you for his message for today. i Let that be our prayer today, that our heart be an open space, a fertile ground for you to come and dig in, Lord. God, we thank you for this time of worship and this space of worship. God, that we can worship here freely. God, we thank you for who you are and what you've done for us, Lord. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, we pray.
1: Good morning, Lightpoint. Good morning, Lightpoint. Good morning, morning Lightpoint. Praise God, Jesus is Lord. Amen? All right, just want to make sure I'm in the right place. So uh, my name is Mike Allen, and I've been blessed with the uh, honor and privilege of, of giving the message today. Uh, just had a few questions earlier this morning about uh, uh, our pastor, Chad. And just to let you know, he has not left us. He's just earning some well-deserved rest and just want to reassure you guys that, uh, that he's still with us and we'll be back. So uh, welcome everybody uh, to church this morning. It's good to see all of you here. I've got some friends here, that some newcomers that we just love to welcome, my neighbor Mary and, and uh, my friends Gary and Nancy and of course I'm sure there's others of you. If you're new, please come see me afterwards. We'd love to have a chat with you and just welcome. So welcome the folks that are on our live stream. We just recognize that you're so important to our church, and we just are so glad to have you here. So how about that worship? Wasn't that awesome? Just a drum and a guitar. Man. So are our hearts open today for the Word? For the Word of the Lord? Uh, I know mine is. Uh, after It's hard to not be open when you just had uh, you know a chance to kind of connect with the worship like we just did. So How about we start with our scripture focus today, which is going to be 1 Peter 4, 1 through 11. So we're just going to read through this just to kind of get a feel for what we're going to to kind of try and study and unpack today. So, uh, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God, for the time that is past, excuse me, for the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. To one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. That is a lot of scripture. We are going to attempt. To break this down into something uh, that even the simplest mind such as mine can understand. So I felt like the Lord gave me a couple weeks ago when Chad asked me to give this uh, message, this idea of revelation and revolution. So we need revelation of God's Word to kind of Carry on the revolution that Jesus began two thousand years ago, right? And there was no one more revolutionary than Jesus, right? He healed the sick. He, uh, uh, my goodness, he he cast out demons, walked on water, fed the multitudes. I mean, these were pretty revolutionary things, especially in, in his time. So um, we are revolutionary too. So uh, in John fourteen twelve, Jesus said to us, "Truly, truly, I say to you." Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do, because I'm going to the Father. Greater works than Jesus? I mean, I, you know, I take that to mean that we're going to heal people and that we're going to um, cast out demons. I mean, this is what Jesus did, right? So, anyway, how do we start? How do we get there? What do we do to, to get to that point to where we can be more like Jesus in the here and now? Well, we need to renew our minds. And the way we renew our minds is uh, we dig into the Word. Uh, it's, it says, and well, before we get to that, um, you know, there's a part of us that, that are saved, us saved people, that, us believers, that is perfect already. It needs no renewal. It's our spirit. And once we said yes to jesus we gave our life to jesus our spirit was instantaneously transformed into perfection and we don't have to do anything that was god's work not our work but what our work is is to have our minds renewed and we do that through the word so in uh, romans twelve two, 2 uh, paul says do not be conformed to this word but be this world excuse me but be transformed by the renewal of your mind That by testing you may discern what is the will of god what is good and acceptable and perfect so i take that to mean the more that we dig into scripture the more we have an understanding of the word the more that we're going to understand how it's how to be more like jesus so so let's uh go ahead and take a look at the first uh first peter 4 1 We're going to try and go through this this set of scriptures is really kind of in my mind i believe what god has revealed to me is that this is more of a prayer from peter for us and to us than it is necessarily direction it is direction for sure but we're going to try and unpack this maybe one or two verses at a time because like i said earlier i need to my mind needs a lot of help to understand this stuff and, and I'll be honest with you, I don't really have perfect revelation on this scripture. Um, God has revealed a lot to me, but, um, you know, I'm still trying to understand what, what all this means, especially this part about suffering. Because the first uh, scripture, one says, um, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves in the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin." interesting that in the greek this word suffer is a verb meaning to experience a sensation it's not necessarily this idea of physical pain on the cross which and certainly jesus suffered you know uh, immense pain physically on the cross but but he also said lord why god why have you forsaken me so it was the separation that he had from the father that was the real suffering the physical was I can't imagine. I mean, I don't think any of us can. But that suffering, I think, is what this, this new way of thinking uh, that, that uh, Jesus had, this is what we need to have, and that, that is how we suffer like Jesus did, is that we think like he did. So we're going to dig into that a little bit deeper. So my first point today is, and I have a quote from C.S. Lewis, Sorry, Cindy, for going back and forth here. Uh, Anyway, so C.S. Lewis says, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. So no matter what we've done, no matter what, you know, mistakes we've made, no matter how we've interpreted Scripture incorrectly in the past, we can start today and we can change our path and make our path, you know, go in a different direction. So, um, again, we're not perfect, but we need to endeavor to think how Christ is. I'm going to take this with me so I can keep on my notes here. Um, If we endeavor to think like Christ, sin will no longer overtake us. we will recognize sin for what it is and go in another direction. In other words, that means to repent, to turn around, to do something different. So, in uh, 1 Peter 4.3, it states that, For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, uh, Orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. There's a lot of meat in these beginning passages. And like I said, I don't have perfect revelation on what all this means, but I do know that it means that we need to think more like Christ. And if we do, we will not be overcome by sin. And I realize that not all of us are in the same place of understanding of, of, of Scripture, but don't worry or fear because the Holy Spirit makes sense of such things inside of us. And... Um, Just kind of calling upon the Lord to lead me in the direction that that he wants us to go right now and I got to tell you it was hard uh, preparing for this and I thought that uh, that Josh had it rough a couple weeks ago calling out the wives and the husbands but man come on Chad give me the the idea that Jesus suffered and now we have to suffer? How do we unpack that? My goodness. Um, I don't think that our Lord wants us to physically climb on on a cross like he did. I don't think that's what he he asked of us at all. I think he did that. He saved us in order that we wouldn't have to suffer like that. Now, there is suffering in the world. I mean, look at what's going on right now. This is these are tough times. It's really difficult to kind of unpack what's going on day by day. And, and there's all the opinions. Like, I have an opinion. I'm sure that each and every one of you do too. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Be respectful. Um, you know, the word says that we're not supposed to uh, fear, you know, the physical things in this world, but they're real. I mean, there's no question in my mind that what's going on is real. I mean, the hospitals, Don't lie. Um, On the other hand, I know that I have something bigger and powerful that that I can lean on, and that's that's my Lord and Savior, and that's His Word, and it gives me comfort when I read through this passage to understand that He's just saying, "Think like me." So, what what did Jesus was so revolutionary, as I said before. What did he What did he do every time that there was a challenge? with he and his, his followers, he always did something different than what anybody else would think to do. Take those seven loaves and those fishes and feed 5,000. I don't know about you, but I would take and look at that and go, are you, how? How do we do that? How do I make all this multiply? Well, what did Jesus do? He, he, he prayed. He gave thanks. So in the midst of all of this craziness, Are we praying? Are we saying, Father, I know this is scary, and I know that I can't understand exactly what's going on, but you are not squirming in your throne right now. You are not worried about one bit of this and that we can trust you. Your word says that we can trust you. So uh, I talked about once, say we have the you know this perfect spirit inside, and In Acts 1 4, it says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, <clears throat> excuse me, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. And I'm not sure where that went. For John baptized with water, forgive me. Uh, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So I take that to mean we have inside of us the ability to tap into that power. And that power is exactly what helped Jesus think the way that he did. In his word, he says that I do nothing except what the Father tells me to do. So he wasn't relying on himself. He was relying on something inside of him, the, the, you know, the spirit that was on him, the Holy Spirit, which he gave us when he, when he departed from us. So that, this, uh, let's see. In... in uh, Let's break First uh, Peter 4, 4, where he says, With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, they, and they malign you, but they will, give you a, they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel is preached, even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit, live in the spirit, Live in the spirit the way God does. It's very clear to me that, again, there's so much in, that, in, the, in the first, these first seven verses, six or seven verses, that it's difficult for me to kind of reconcile with word for word. But what I do know is that the spirit is the, the key that I take away from this, this whole front side of this uh, prayer that I think Peter's uh, saying to us. So that brings me to Peter's next point. We started to talk, on, or started to kind of unpack this, but what, what times do we live in now? I mean, what is the world now? So we'll start with four, uh, 1 Peter 4 7. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self controlled, sober minded, for the sake of your prayers. Things certainly feel out of control today. Left is right, up is down. Republicans are there and Democrats are there and, you know, it's hard to make sense of, well, just about anything today, isn't it? The news is just unwatchable, I would say. I just, I've kind of turned it off. I don't don't even understand the language that they're speaking any longer. I, I certainly don't trust anything that's being said to me. Just... The end of all things is at hand. Well, we're not going to end on such an unhopeful kind of uh, of note, because this gets certainly gets. Uh, there's a lot more hope in the in this uh, passages to come for sure. But um, what uh, he says in here to have self control. So, self control. The definition of self control is restraint exercised over one one's impulses emotions or desire. I don't know about you, but it's really hard not to get emotional right now. Not just right now, but in this, you know, these times it, it's I don't know, I get angry. I get angry because I know the enemy's trying to tear us apart as neighbors, as friends, as churches. How many churches I, we are so blessed lightpoint. We have a place to come. And, and there's the fear is kind of subsided in our group thank praise god and we come together we're not going to allow this you know attack to prevent us from coming together and, to, and worshiping god amen so uh but there's a lot of churches out there it breaks my heart that still haven't gone back and what are they doing sure we're doing live stream and and you know we love The folks that tune into our live stream for sure. And we understand and we validate, you know, that we're not all at the same place with understanding of how we want to, you know, approach these times. But my heart, it just goes out to those churches that haven't gotten back together. And, you know, we invite them here. So where do we as Christians go from here? You know, what is our response really to, you know, to what's going on? What is Peter asking us to do? So also in this passage, I don't want to miss this opportunity to talk about sober-minded. Because I think a lot of times we see that sober and we think, you know, don't be drunk, falling down. But it's, it's, it's way deeper than that in, in the original text. Sober-minded simply means someone who is serious and sensible, someone who is stable, someone who is thinking correctly, going back to the beginning where we started here, thinking like Jesus. if we try and align our thoughts with those of Jesus, then we can count ourselves as sober-minded, I would think, right? All right, moving right along. So, um, in Peter, 1 Peter 4.8, Peter says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. In... Uh, I don't know without grumbling to me kind of sticks out i mean love covering a multitude of sins also sticks out don't get me wrong obviously you know the more we love each other the the less that you know uh, the less opportunity sin's going to have to come in and kind of get in between our relationships but the grumbling part and lord forgive me i raise my hand to it there are days that i don't feel like being hospitable i i love i love each and every one of you and it's not like i'm a unhospitable person right chad that's right we by the way we cooked uh dinner for you last wednesday you never showed up so i don't know what's up with that but i'm just kidding god love you no, but it, hospitable doesn't just mean to open your home and prepare a meal. Or, sort, certainly that's in there, and, and we love doing that. My wife, Julie, and I love to entertain from time to time. But being hospitable without grumbling is really opening your heart, I feel like, to the person that's across from you. And so some of, by the way, I, I just can't tell you how blessed I feel to be able to stand up in front of you. I'm no expert at, at Scripture for sure but the lord has definitely blessed me with an understanding of his word and i feel like he said you need to get up there and tell from the heart your story your 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 uh, revelation which we started with so um but that aside it's hard sometimes not to grumble about being hospitable i don't want to bring this down we're going to bring it back up i promise but, but this is serious. This interaction that we have right now is tough because we have to worry about what? COVID, the flu, whatever. Whatever's in front of us at that time. I'm just saying that I have to at times push myself to have that conversation with you. And I want you to know that that's okay. I want you to know that God loves us regardless, but... That is the enemy standing in between us, trying to divide us, trying to keep us apart. We need now more than ever, and I know how this might come across, but we need to get out there. Jesus said, go, not stay and wait. Go. Go out and get in in someone's close proximity, six foot away, I guess, is what they're telling us. If you come to my house, I'm sorry. Uh, put a mask on, but I'm going to hug you. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I, just, I think that's what Jesus did. Didn't he just walk up and lay hands on diseases? I don't know how to tell you how to reconcile with that because like I started with, we're, this thing is real that we're dealing with. These times are real. The end times are near or here. But I really feel strongly that the message that the Lord wants to bring is that we should be getting close to each other. When We should be responsible about it for sure. You know. At least I caused my brother to stumble, right? So you don't, we don't do this, this loving thing. Love isn't getting in somebody's face and telling them how it is or you know, telling them that you know, they shouldn't be wearing a mask or they should be wearing a mask. It's not telling them which way to vote in november none of that is in there loving somebody is loving them right where they're at no matter what their thoughts are no matter what you agree with them because jesus didn't just heal people that believed what he believed or that listened to him he healed everybody even those that didn't agree with him as a matter of fact if i read the bible correctly he he loved everybody that even the people that wanted to kill him right up to the last minute. Each and every one of them. All right, so let's bring this back up a notch if we can. <laughs> I know the Lord can. All right, so in 1 Corinthians 13:6, and this is from the I talked the last time I talked to you guys about how I kind of have a thing for the the passion translation. So I'm going to lay this one on you because I just think this this is so beautiful. Uh, In 1 Corinthians 13, 6, Passion, translation, it says, Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. I just think that's beautiful. So God is love, right? Isn't that what the scripture says? It doesn't say God loves. Of course, that's in there. It says God is love. So love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what's wrong. Isn't that what we were just talking about? We go out we, with no judgment in mind. We listen to what people have to say. We talk with them. We, don't, uh, we let them speak. I mean, isn't it important sometimes that you get your words out right? It is for me, and I don't do as good a job as listening sometimes as I should, but so moving on to first Peter ten and uh, four ten, it says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. And I just realized something. I don't have to look there, I can look over there. <laughs> God bless. I'm, hey, I'm new at this, so you guys will give me a l- I know that I, I, uh, um, I serve and, and attend a very grace-filled church, and boy, do I appreciate that. Um, but, um, so, again, going back to what I was talking about, ha- this idea that sometimes it's really hard for me. It's really, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm not alone here, that, you know, that hospitality and going back to the hospitality of your heart, not necessarily the physical home, or you know, picking somebody up on the road, or anything like that, but, but this hospitality in your heart, because the heart is what spirit speaks to heart and heart to heart, right? So, all every one of us has been given gifts by the Lord. You know, um, you know, there's gifts of serving. There's there's uh, gifts of preaching although I'd question whether or not I have that gift sometimes. Um, You know, we're supposed to use these gifts to serve one another. And this is how we obtain even more of that grace that we don't deserve, we didn't earn. That's just amazing to me. Totally amazing. So I have a a story about this serving. Yesterday, um, Julie and I, we took a trip up north to a little campground called Poor Farmers RV Park. Poor Farmers RV Park. And we uh, met with an, an old friend of mine and actual, actually, um, his name is either John, Sam, or Don. No, I'm just saying that just to, I don't, I don't have his permission to tell this story, but I'm sure he wouldn't mind. So anyway, uh, this, this guy was a client of mine for many years and we spent a lot of time in a work environment um, getting to know one another, and, and you know, he's an upstanding kind of guy, I would say, and, and, and very uh, ethical and moral. So, we really hit it off, and, and we've had a long relationship um, over the years. And boy, it became more of a friendship than it was a working relationship. Which, and sometimes that can be a bad thing, but in this case, it's been a, an amazing blessing to me and to, and to my wife, Julie, as well. But recently, uh, he's had some hard times, and we've been able to kind of help him through it. And you know, he's he's plugged into my life in the same way over the years as, as well. But the story I want to tell you is that when we first met, this is back in '07, if I don't if I remember correctly, the end of '07, or actually it was the um, must have been towards the end of summer in 08. But anyway, we we would uh, take my client out. This guy was a huge NASCAR fan. Any NASCAR fans? Just one? Come on, Scotty. There, we got a couple more. I, I, I was wondering about John there. I was like, come on, man. It was halfway up. Uh, <laughs> so this, this, my friend Don was a huge NASCAR fan. So, of course, you know, we wanted to incorporate that into our, you know, showing appreciation. That's what you do, right? And, and in the sales world, that's something that happens. Not so much anymore, I have to tell you. People aren't as uh, open to that. And I think there's probably some questions about the, the, the ethics involving taking somebody on a trip just because they spent money with your company. But anyway, at this point in time, there were no concerns about that uh, with my client, Don. So he just couldn't wait to get to this uh, Bristol night race, which... If you don't know anything about NASCAR, the Bristol night race was one of the premier, like NASCAR nuts like to go to the Bristol uh, night race. And it's also one big party, which is another subject. But, so people gather up, the, the races start on Friday and they end on Sunday, because they have several of them, but people gather up as, as early as that Monday, to come in, put their camper up. I kid you not, they build decks like they go up to Home Depot and buy a ton of wood that's really expensive and nails and they build decks wait for it and then they'll put a hot tub in the middle of it I mean this is around their camper that they just pulled up I'm like that's got to cost thousands of dollars and guess what when they leave they leave it like where's all this money coming from I want in I'm just kidding so so that's the environment, and, and Mr. Don's down there with his camper. It's hotter than blazes because it's late August, early September, something like that. His generator's barely running, and uh, on the way down, I'm, uh, I'm not there quite yet. I, I had to work all week while he was down there playing, but um, I arrive late Thursday, I think, or Thursday afternoon, and the first thing I get a text, is like, oh, we're running out of gas for the generator. Go up to Walmart. I go to Walmart. There's no gas cans at Walmart during the Bristol race. I'm like, where'd all the gas cans go? Well, apparently all those campers need a gas for their generators too. So anyway, I I do find some little ones, like I've got maybe three gallons of gas and coffee cans and whatever I could find, you know. Um, And I get to this campsite and, and, uh, and, and, and I barely knew Don at this time. And he had a friend with him there. And we just like hit it off. You know what I mean? You ever meet somebody for the first time and it was just like maybe organics a good word or just meant to be. And we just really hit it off and, uh, and had just a great time that weekend. And that, that uh, was just a blessing in itself. But on the way home, here's where the story really begins. On the way home, I don't know if you guys have ever seen anything like this, but this is the first time I've seen it when people exit these races with their campers, it's like mayhem. Like that, the guy on the, the, uh, the mayhem on the commercial. I love that guy. Tracks me up. Uh, anyway, I mean, there's campers and big trucks and craziness, like almost running into each other, you know, trying to get out of these places to get home. It's Sunday and it's, well, it was a Saturday night race, so this was Sunday morning when we were trying to exit, but a lot of times it's late in the afternoon. So you, as you can imagine, everybody's got work on Monday morning, so they're all in a hurry to get home. So we're going up the highway, everything's fine, and we're seeing campers, like, they look like they exploded. I don't know what happened to them. They're just in the middle of the road, and insulation, Or I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope that doesn't happen to us. Well, I'm following Don in his camper, and I look at his tires, and they're, he's got two axles in the back of this camper you know because it's pretty heavy it's a fifth wheel so it attaches to the truck and the bed and that's how you tow it but I'm like there's one set of wheels that's like this and one set of wheels that's like that and and a little bit later maybe five miles down this is below London Kentucky on 75 so it's way down there so a little while later I see a little whiff of smoke or something off the right side and I call him I'm like what something going on with your camper. And he's like, yeah, I kind of feel something. Well, we pulled over to truck stop and he's got a tire that's blown out. No big deal, we thought, right? But what's up with these tires like this? Well, what had happened at some point in this trip, his brake set on his camper and it flipped the axle upside down. So now the tire that's why one set of tires is going the other direction. So we're like, we're in below London, Kentucky. And what are we going to do? It's Sunday afternoon. We're crawling under this thing. With wrenches, I mean, we're going to flip the axle. That's not going to work. So we just tightened it up, and we just went on our way. And so Don's cautious, kind of a cautious kind of person. So instead of going up 75 and doing 45 and and irritating a bunch of nice folks that are trying to get home from a Bristol night race, driving like maniacs, um, he says, well, maybe it'd be safer if we just get off onto this. I think it's Route 25 that parallels. So some of you have been on it. That's not the road that you want to tow your camper that's got problems on. Oh, my goodness. There's, like, the easiest parts. there's stop signs, four-way stops where you got to make these, like, 90s with a camper. And trucks come. It was just. And so I'm following him. And I see his wheel go off the road every once in a while. I'm like, do I tell him? Nah, just let him keep going, you know. Because he wasn't getting all the way off the road, but, um. So I'm following him, and it just seemed like, okay, so we left in the morning, as I told you. Well, this is probably 2, 3, or 4 in the afternoon already. And his goal was to get this camper from uh, below London, Kentucky, all the way up to some place in Florence where there was a dealer, and they were going to drop it off and everything. So I'm following him the whole way. I said, I'm going to keep an eye on things. If something happens, I'll call you on my cell phone or whatever. So uh, we make it up probably six o'clock or so, and we get this camper pulled into this dealer, and and here's why I'm bringing this story to you. He says to me, he, he just simply asked me a question. He says, why did you do that? Why did you follow me? And I'm like, well, you don't leave a brother behind when he's in need. That, who does that? I'm not asking for any kind of like, you know, recognition for this it didn't even occur to me not to follow Don not once it was like he's in trouble he has to get home we're all tired he's a friend I'm I'm gonna follow you I'm behind you 100% Don I get a little choked up because now Don's going through this kind of a real emotional time with divorce and just some some bad stuff in his life and I'm I'm able to be there for him. And so This is what we're designed to do. We weren't designed to go crawling a hole when the bad stuff hits. You know, we're, we're designed to be in communion with each other. Why? Because our Lord, and the last time we spoke, I talked about how, you know, our God is a triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And then I broke it down how we are also three, spirit, soul, and body. We're designed and made in His image. And so the perfection inside of us is our spirit, right? And that's the part that makes us just recognize when there's an opportunity to you know love on somebody and be like Christ and be the light that's our spirit that's giving us that desire right the spirit moves on over to the heart and the soul and and, and helps us to overcome those feelings that we have when we don't want to be and when we're kind of grumbling about being in that place right so and finally Really, this whole thing was leading up to the last verse verse in this uh, passage, which is my favorite. And in uh, Peter four, first Peter four eleven says, "Whoever speaks as one, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory." And dominion forever and ever. And amen. So an oracle. I found this to kind of be fascinating. The definition of an oracle is a person with great wisdom. Or someone to believe to have communication with God. Wow. What is communication with God? Oh, I was kind of asking. Anybody? anybody? I'm just kidding. Prayer, thank you. Prayer. What did Jesus do almost constantly? Every time you turn around and, you know, in the Gospels, you, Jesus went off to pray. Jesus was whisked away to pray. And guess what? Guess what we couldn't do? We couldn't stay awake long enough to, to, to watch over and pray with him. And he still loved us, still loves us. Forgive me, Lord. Um. So that communion with God, that, that, that's the first point. That's the, first, that's the start. And then because of that, we want to commune with each other. We want to be good neighbors. We want to be helpers. We want to serve each other with whatever gifts that we have. Um, so I'll leave you with this. Personally, I need to give myself to God each and every day it starts in the morning when i wake up and and i give thanks for the fact that i made it through another day and that i'm rising again in another day so i give thanks Um, and then because of that i don't have to worry about being anxious and afraid so in psalms 56 3 i think we have that one whenever i'm afraid i trust in you simple to me so as I get afraid about what's going on thank you Jesus thank you Lord you're still on your throne and I know that you've got me when uh when things are go wrong with a friend of mine and I just feel like I don't know what to say like Don gosh I don't know what to say but I'm here for you and I love you And you can trust that the Lord has your back. And that because I trust that, that I can be there for you as well. You know, that's, I think, where we start. So what was the great commandment in Matthew 22, 37? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then it goes on to say, "Well, this is a this is a great and first commandment, and second is is like it: you shall love your neighbor as yourself." So, could it get any really easier than that? In spite of the fact that I grumble sometimes you know, that, that I don't want to be hospitable. And I, I'm painting a, probably a bleaker picture than I should about myself because I promise you, if you come up to me, I'd, I'll love on you. But there are times when I'm not paying attention to the great commandment that I get steered away. And I, you know, I want to grumble. So, and I, I hope that resonates with somebody that God still loves you, he still loves me. I know he still loves you even though I grumble. So don't, don't worry about it, going back to what C.S. Lewis said. You can't really change the past, but you can start a new beginning. So you can start a new beginning today. If something's going on in your life, I would encourage you to start over. And uh, I'm available to, to talk with you. I know there's many people within our church that would, be, would just love to break bread with you and talk to you about what's going on in your life and, and uh, just love on you. Love everyone the way the Lord's love loves you and be careful to right the wrongs in your life. We're not immune to sin. We're outside of sin only because of the undeserved grace Jesus showed us at the cross. I mean, it really just is, boils down to that. We didn't do anything to deserve what we were getting in terms of grace. But we can accept it and receive it because of what he did. And so I have a, have a couple of, I just can't, uh, finish without recognizing uh, how, I, how well I think Josh was able to put together the last two weeks for us. I think the first week was actually probably a little easier than the, than the second, and I'm not that's not a judgment, I'm just saying I just think the content was probably easier and I didn't expect that because it was about wives and husbands, but anyway can we appreciate Josh for the last couple <laughs> weeks? My goodness so I have uh I have a quote from Josh that I just, this really stuck with me. It was from last week. He says, what we were called to do is to share our story. I mean, that's all I'm trying to do up here is to just kind of share my story. I've been to Bible college and the last two years have been just amazing to me. A lot of revelation, but I'm still trying to unpack all this stuff. And it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose, you know, Uh, but we all have a story. Go out and get in front of somebody and share your story, even if it has to be six foot apart and, and we're being respectful with masks and all that stuff. I get that. We don't have to stop doing what we we're supposed to, what we're called to do, right? Just because the enemy's trying to separate us. And then finally, I'll leave you with this I don't even know why, but this, this I don't know what you were even talking about, Josh, but I guess I'll eat worms. That was awesome. That's his story. (laughs) I think the point was that, that, you know, we're here to serve each other. And all too often we we get, I get into myself too far and I forget that I'm supposed to be available to all of you guys. That's first and foremost. What's interesting to me is that if I do that, (laughs) I don't, like I'm, I would feel better. Everything's better in my life when I serve others. It's crazy. It's contrary to what the world would tell you. You're supposed to go out and take care of yourself, right? Some days, I guess I'll just eat worms. And it's going to be okay. Totally going to be okay. So, again, thank you guys all for coming uh, today. And I really appreciate all, all the friends. I just noticed I got another pair of friends over here that I haven't seen for a while. Danielle and Emily Lopez, who, uh, forgive me, but I got to just say, they just have an amazing ministry in Guatemala, and they've been estranged from that during this season, and I just would encourage you guys to all pray for them and and their ministry. It's just, you know, there's ministries everywhere. I have a heart for that one because I poured into it, and, um, but anyway, uh, prayer is what we're supposed to do, right? So, thank you guys for coming. And thank you guys on the live stream. We really appreciate you guys pouring in and tuning in. And uh, we just, uh, we love you. Just want you to know that. And we love each and every one of you. So let's pray. God in heaven. We just, first of all, just want to give you the thanks that we're able to even speak words and and breathe without you father there just really isn't anything and uh we just would ask that you would encourage us each and every day through our spirit to want to con to to just want to be a part of the the uh the cause and not the and, and the solution and not the problem and we just would ask that you would um, help us to understand your word and, it, and that it would uh, help us to, to pour into your word and want to pour into your word. Give us, give us a desire like we've never had before to understand you better and to understand who you are, Father. We just lift up all the hurting and all the sick and we just lift this world up to you and we just say that, you know what? You already won And we don't have to worry. The enemy may seem to have some control over our lives and what's going on in this world, Lord. But we know you are bigger and you are greater and that you've got our backs. And that we love you and we just give ourselves to you, Father. And we ask all of this in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever breathe. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other. Jesus, the only one who could ever save Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you, oh, we live for you And holy, there is no one like you There is none beside you Open up my eyes Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Jesus. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the, the only one, one who could ever, ever save, worthy In you oh. a firm foundation of who Jesus is and share your love and life with those around you. Go in his peace. Amen.